media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. And you may be seated this morning. You can open your Bibles to Isaiah 9-6. I hope that you and your family had a great uh, Christmas. It's uh, fun to experience that now as a grandparent with grandchildren. Uh, it's amazing how we go through different stages of gift giving. And, and as we grow up, when you're a little kid, you're kind of the target. And you just kind of get this overflow. And then you get into those teenage years, those college years, and those young married years. And, and before grandkids come, you're still at least a little bit of the target. And then after the grandkids come, you are off the map. And uh, that's been the transition of our two daughters and, and our son-in-laws the last couple of years. It's like... Uh, yeah, we're over here. And, uh, this was the year, I don't know if you've ever done this in your family, but this was the year that we're not gonna get gifts. Have you ever done that? And then you look under the tree, and it's like, I thought we weren't gonna get gifts. And then you look underneath there, and there's just all these different things, and just the joy there. Have you ever, honest, be honest, have you ever bought gifts? I know some people, I mean, in June and July, you're already buying gifts for this next Christmas season. Have you ever bought a gift and then forgot to put it out? Has anybody ever done that before? Yeah, a couple of people with their hands up. Yeah. Uh, have you ever not opened a gift that had your name on it? Have you ever received a gift and, and then just not opened it up? We might have done the first, but I don't know of too many people that did the latter. We might have forgotten to give a gift because we had it hidden away in some secret place, forgot to get it back out. But I don't know a single person, at least that I know, that saw a gift, their name on that gift, and then failed to open it up. When we see our name on it, we automatically just want to open up that gift when it's the right time to do that. Well, this morning, I want you to know that 700 years before Christ ever came into this world, God purposed this gift for us, his son, that would save us for our sins. That would be the answer to man's dilemma of our depravity and our sinfulness. And he would give this gift to us. And he does it in such an eloquent way. And he's not just kind of trying to use fancy words. Each of these titles of Christ that we'll look up in this verse are a description of how God answered our sin problem. Look, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Again, remember, this is over 700 years before this would actually come into action and fruition that night. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder... And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This verse describes God's prophecy of a Savior that would come and four promises that he would uh, kind of tie into it. It speaks of his great love. It speaks of uh, the attention to our needs. And they are meant to be open. God's full intention is that we would have our eyes open to this and, and that we would be able to receive this gift. And so this morning, I'm going to go through these four titles very briefly and just kind of see what God's intention and how he brought this about in light of the New Testament. First one, wonderful counselor. He said, I'm going to bring to you a wonderful counselor. Now we know what a counselor is and maybe if we had a really good counselor, we would even call that a wonderful counselor. And yet, when we really look at the biblical meaning of this, this was a little bit different. This word wonderful means incomprehensible. 
In other words, that we, our mind could not even control it. And the counseling here uh, that he's describing isn't just giving us advice. It's actually showing us the way. Uh, today, when we do counseling, we may give some advice and we're trying to show the way. But this has a really personal meaning. That word wonderful, uh, usually we use it as an adjective. It's used here as a noun. And, and he says, I want you to know, when I send this Savior, when, when I give to you this deliverer, it's going to be a wonderful counselor, an incomprehensible one that shows the way. Perhaps they thought of Solomon, and perhaps they thought of others that were really wise people. And yet when God brought about this wisdom, he shows us a way to live because he takes on God himself, takes on flesh, and he lived and dwelt among us. That's what the writer of Hebrews talks about in Hebrews 4, 15, and 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Let me put that in real simplistic, practical terms. We would never be able to look heavenward to God and say, you just don't know what I'm going through. Never. Because God, in this incomprehensible counselor, this one that was going to show us the way, came and we can be guaranteed of this great high priest. And that's the confidence that he talks about there in verse 16. But not only was he going to be this, you know, wonderful counselor, he's going to be a mighty God. This description reminds us that God brought Jesus into this world with a great purpose, to bring victory in our battle of sin. You and I, we clearly identify with our battle with sin. The the joke with any new parent is always, now are you convinced of the depravity of man? Because as we love our kids so much, we see that they do have a mind of their own. And they're going to kind of do, even when we say no, 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 or don't, or don't, or whatever it might be, that they still want to do that. The week's challenge for Brantley uh, and Elliot both is they don't have stairs in their home, and so they want to go up the stairs, especially. He just wants to march up the stairs. And uh, he knows no fear, and so he's just kind of ready to go. And so we have to keep on saying no, 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 and put up the barrier and all that. We're convinced when you're a parent and we begin to see that. We didn't teach them to disobey. We didn't get uh, teach them to say mine and all the different things that just come out in the personality of these little tiny humans. And we're convinced, you know, we really do are born with this sin nature. Well, God's response is he said, I will send my son and he will be mighty God. The inference here is really a warrior. It's one who's ready to do battle. One who did not stay in an ivory tower and then send everybody off to war. I mean, we would say that that could be very practical. Hey, let's keep the general, let's keep the president, let's keep the leader way back here and send everybody else to fighting men. Let's send in the Marines. And yet God did not do that. God said, I will go. I will send a mighty God. I will not stay in a tower and I will go fight this battle in the flesh. Again, the writer of Hebrews describes this. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, 
and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. He says one of these fears that we have is our life, but, but our death. What, what is life? He says, I came and I put on flesh to win this battle so that no longer did you ever have to be in fear from that moment on of this battle that you're in. I came to give a complete answer. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't battle every day with sin and that we don't have our confrontations with sin on a regular basis. What it means is we don't have to be in fear of a separation, that death, that kind of death that would come from our sin, that God is completely taking care of that. The next title that we begin to see that he uses there is Everlasting Father. In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel were God's chosen people. And yet they often distrusted him. They often disobeyed him. And even though God loved them with all of that he was, he's a holy God. And and so sin brought separation. It's not that God stopped loving the nation of Israel. It's because he's a holy God that sin separated a loving father from the ones that he called his own. And so God came up with the answer. And and the answer was that he was going to be this everlasting father. Well, how can he do that? One of two ways. Either we stop sinning, that is, that we would be born without sin and never sin in our lives, or that there would have to be an answer for our sin. The only way that God would ever be able to have be this everlasting father is if sin was completely taken off the plate. And how was that done? By coming and paying the price of sin through Christ, the sufficient Lamb of God. Romans 8.15 says it this way, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. There's that word fear. This is what we talked about on Christmas Eve service, how the, really the message of Christmas is fear not, because fear gripped us and Adam and Eve from the minute they rebelled in the garden. And fear began to grip our lives. And yet here he says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. This isn't the way you live. But to receive the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. It is not us who say, okay, we really want a heavenly father. Could you be our heavenly father? No, it is he that proclaimed, I will be your father and you will be my children. I will be your God and you will be my people. There's a last thing that we see in this gift. He said he will be a prince of peace. When you give a gift, don't you usually want to give a gift that is meaningful to the person? I mean, for the most part, we want to find something that they have need of and then meet that need from that gift, whether it's an expensive gift or maybe even a more expensive gift. But we don't want something. Have you ever gotten a gift that you're going, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do with this? We all have. We all have. And we appreciate it, but we go, you know, it's the, what? Thought that counts. So yeah, we kind of throw that in there. It's kind of like grandma's, well, bless their heart. You know, it's just one of those things that we say because we know the intention was good, but we're going, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. We love giving gifts and getting gifts that we just know are answering a dilemma, a problem, a situation in somebody's life. Tracy, Radley. I'm so glad you put that video on there of Q getting his chef's knife. Q, that was priceless. I mean, you could see that he was going, I don't know what to do with this. No. It's like it opened up his, you know, the excitement on his face 
that you matched his desire, his need, his, his love with a perfect gift. Would you say that, Q? Yeah. <laughs> well, the video said it. <laughs> I mean, it was so obvious. God did that. This Prince of Peace, we were in need of peace. Peace with our maker, our creator, our God. And so he sent a prince of peace. I, I can remember one time uh, get, getting a gift to my dad. And he was always kind of hard to buy for. Dads are just kind of hard to buy for sometimes. And uh, gave him a gift uh, that was this whole set of that he could wash his car with. And, and, you know, wax it and detail and all these other things. And dad wasn't so much a car freak as he was a clean freak. Dad just, I mean, just everything was always clean. You know, on Christmas morning, he's the one with the trash bag. The minute we open up a gift, you know, put the trash you know, right in there. He just, he liked things clean. And the joy on his face when we gave that to him many, many years ago was like, now I get to go clean my car. I thought he was going to do it right there at Christmas morning. It was one of those things you just felt good because you saw that your gift matched the need and the desire of the one that you gave it to. This is what our, Christ, our God has done. He said, you need a savior. You need peace because you live in fear and you, without this hope with sin in your life, you don't have a hope of peace. And so not only did he send us one that was going to be a peacemaker, but a peacekeeper between us and a holy God forevermore to the point where it begins to transfer to our life. This Savior that God sent, this one to make peace between a holy God and a rebellious people who became the lamb and the sacrifice and the instrument of, of all of our sin was laid upon him. He says, not only now can you have theological peace and, and peace with me as your God, Christ says, you can have peace in your life. What would Christ give you for 2021? First and foremost, on that spiritual basis, a peace. That we live among a broken world and we're a broken people, and yet he gives us the hope of Christ and this peace that we can have with God. In fact, this is what Jesus said. John fourteen twenty seven, At the end of his ministry, before he goes to the cross, this was Christ's desire for you and for me. What fitting words for a brand new year as we begin to enter that in this next week. Peace I leave with you. My peace. Not a peace. Christ says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You see how every time God brings about this answer of Christ, it always has to do with our fear and an answer to our fears and to give us a boldness. And I know that we don't know any more than we knew this time last year of what's coming the next year. We we don't. And yet we have this sovereign God who's such a good gift giver that he gave himself, clothed himself in flesh so that you and I could experience spiritual peace, that we could have family peace, and that we could have peace even in the midst of a chaotic world. Have you ever not opened up a gift that had your name on it? Of course not. 
And yet this gift of a Christ, he gave to this world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him, not whoever goes to church, not whoever got baptized, no, not everybody who raised their hand or this, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you've never opened this gift, if you've never trusted Jesus, I pray that you would do so even this day. I believe that, I, I would hope that 2021 would be the beginning of your journey with this God who's, who wants to be your father and who has given to you an answer to all of our dilemma, all of our sin, and all of our friction and fighting. He's given us this wonderful counselor. He's given to us this mighty God, this Prince of Peace, an everlasting Father. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. And Father, we pray that we would be... uh, Father, just know in our minds, have we accepted this gift? Have we trusted this gift for our salvation? Knowing that there's nothing that we can do on our own, Father. We, we can't do enough good works. We can't do enough good things. Father, you provided our salvation in one person. One way, Father, to be made right with you, a holy God. And so, Father, we thank you for this gift of Christ. Father, we thank you so much that, that you did send to us a wonderful counselor, one that's incomprehensible in the way that he set out before us a way to live. A mighty God that did not stay away in an ivory tower, but came to the battlefield and fought our battle for us. An everlasting Father, so that we would never know distance and separation from you, Father. But that, Father, this covenant that you have with us, that you would be this covenant keeper through this finished work of Christ. So, Father, we do pray for the finish of this year and this coming year, Father, that we would know the peace that only the Prince of Peace can give. Thank you for this wondrous gift. And we pray in the power of his name. And we sing this song, Father, of the work that he has accomplished. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.